self-driving cars or autonomous cars are not a new idea. But I would like to define what we are talking about first. Automated denotes control or operation by a machine, while autonomous denotes acting alone or independently. Most current self-driving cars have a person in the driver's seat and do not independently select destinations or routes for reaching them. Therefore, most of the current and future self-driving cars we will see will be automated, although most of the media around self-driving cars calls them autonomous. Not trying to cause confusion, this time I shall meekly follow the crowd and call them autonomous cars. The term self-driving cars is an umbrella term and less precise than either of the two definitions before. So following that clarification, what is a self-driving car? What defines a self-driving car and what quite defines the difference between automated and autonomous? Well, the best system was a classification system on six different levels published in 2014 by SAE International, an automotive body. The levels are as follows. Level zero, automated system issues warnings and may momentarily intervene, but has no sustained vehicle control. Level one, hands-on. The driver and automated system share control of the vehicle. Examples are cruise control, where the driver controls steering and the automated system controls speed. Parking assistance, where steering is automated while speed is manual. The driver must be ready to take full control at any time. Lane keeping assistance is a further example of level 1 self-driving cars. Level 2, hands off. The automated system takes full control of the vehicle, accelerating, braking and steering. The driver must monitor the driving and be prepared to intervene immediately at any time if the automated system fails to respond properly. The shorthand, hands off, is not meant to be taken literally. In fact, contact between hand and wheel is often mandatory during SAE to driving to confirm that the driver is ready to intervene. Level 3. Eyes off. The driver can safely turn their attention away from the driving task, e.g. the driver can text or watch a movie. The vehicle will handle situations that call for an immediate response, like emergency braking. The driver must be prepared to intervene within some limited time specified by the manufacturer when called upon by the vehicle to do so. The 2018 Audi A8 luxury sedan was the first commercial car to claim to be capable of level 3 self-driving. The car had so-called traffic jam pilot. When activated by the human driver, the car takes full control of all aspects of driving in slow moving traffic at up to 60 km per hour. The function works only on highways 
with a physical barrier separating one stream of traffic from oncoming traffic. Level 4. Mind off. No driver attention is ever required for safety, i.e. the driver may safely go to sleep or leave the driver's seat. Self-driving is supported only in limited spatial areas or under special circumstances like traffic jams. Outside of these areas or circumstances, the vehicle must be able to safely abort the trip, i.e. park the car if the driver does not retake control. Level 5. Steering wheel optional. No human intervention is required. An example would be a robotic taxi. In the formal SAE definition, the definition of SAE2 to SAE3 is to me what should be defined as self-driving cars. At SAE3, the human driver still has the responsibility to intervene when asked to do so by the automated system. At SAE4, the human driver is relieved of that responsibility, and at SAE5, the automated system will never need to ask for intervention. Now normally I give quite an extensive history of the topic in question, but there's not really a history, so I'll just do a brief overview. Of course there are ideas, experiments and theories on self-driving cars going back to the 1920s, but these are mostly vague science fiction utopianism. The first genuine step began in the 1980s. DARPA-funded Autonomous Land Vehicles, ALV, and it was one of the first projects in the United States to make use of this new technology. The ALV project achieved the first road-following demonstration that used LiDAR, computer vision, and autonomous robotic control to direct a robotic vehicle at speeds of up to 19 miles per hour. In 1987, HRL Laboratories, formerly Hughes Research Labs, demonstrated the first off-road map and sensor-based autonomous navigation on the ALV. The vehicle travelled over 2,000 feet at 1.9 miles per hour on complex terrain with steep slopes, ravines, large rocks and vegetation. By 1989, Carnegie Mellon University had pioneered the use of neural networks to steer and otherwise control autonomous vehicles, forming the basis of contemporary control strategies. The dawning of the self-driving car age can probably be dated to 2004 and the first grand challenge. DARPA, the Defence Advanced Research Project Agency, offered a $1 million prize to any team of robotic engineers who could create an autonomous car capable of finishing a 150-mile off-road course in the Mojave Desert. No team was successful in completing the course. The Carnegie Mellon University car got the furthest, completing just 7.32 miles of the course. In October 2005, 
The second DARPA Grand Challenge was held again in a desert environment. GPS points were placed and obstacle types were located in advance. This time, five vehicles completed the course. The winning team was led by a team from Stanford University. In just 18 months, autonomous cars had gone from disaster to real technology. Encouraged by the rapid progression and probably hoping to be a leader in the field, Google began developing its self-driving cars in 2009, led by Sebastian Thrun, who won the 2005 Grand Challenge. Google did all of this privately at first, avoiding public announcement of the programme until later. Self-driving cars took to the streets of America in 2012 and have since travelled millions of miles, becoming ever more capable. In October 2014, Tesla Motors announced its first version of Autopilot. Model S cars equipped with this system are capable of lane control with autonomous steering, braking and speed limit adjustment based on signals image recognition. The system also provides autonomous parking and is able to receive software updates to improve its skills over time. We are on the precipice of self-driving cars becoming widespread. And more interesting than its history is its future and what impact self-driving cars will have and how they will operate. Perhaps the most important question when discussing self-driving cars are the ethical issues. Whilst the introduction of autonomous vehicles is likely to happen within the next decade and reduce crashes by up to 90% and provide accessibility to disabled, elderly and young passengers, there are still ethical issues to debate, including the moral, financial and criminal responsibility for the crashes. The decisions a car is to make right before a fatal crash, privacy issues and potential job losses all have to be solved, really, before the technology can be introduced. There are many opinions on who should be held liable in case of a crash. Many see the car manufacturers themselves responsible for those crashes that do occur. If it's due to a technical malfunction or misconstruction, with some saying that all self-driving car crashes must be in some way a technical malfunction or due to misconstruction. Many see the car manufacturers themselves responsible for those crashes that do occur due to technical malfunction or misconstruction. Some see that the car manufacturer would be the source of the problem when the car crashes due to technical issues. If the car companies were liable for crashes, it would encourage them to innovate and invest into fixing those issues. Some believe, however, that it should be the drivers who pay the price, as they know the risks involved in using such a vehicle. The most interesting, however, moral issue for me is how self-driving cars themselves decide in a situation where either the driver must crash into, say, a wall to avoid pedestrians, 
or whether to crash into the pedestrians to protect the driver. What decision does the car make? From the utilitarian perspective, you would argue that it's the same as the trolley problem, where a conductor of a trolley has the choice of staying on a planned track and running over five people, or turning the trolley onto a track where it would kill only one person. What do you do? Transpose this issue to the car and say that the car can either kill the passenger or the pedestrian. What happens? Should it be the fault of the pedestrian if they've walked in front of the car? What about if the car passenger is an old lady and the pedestrians are children? Should the car decide then to kill the old lady as she is less useful to society? To answer the issue, there are two main issues to address. First, what moral basis would be used by an autonomous vehicle to make decisions? And second, how could those translate into software? There seems to be two main ideas with regard to how to solve the issue. Deontology and Utilitarianism Asimov's three laws are an example of deontological ethics. This theory posits that an autonomous car needs to follow strict written-out rules, whilst utilitarianism suggests that any decision must be made on the goal to maximise utility. One obvious example is that the car should pick the option with the fewest injuries. But it seems to me that programming in some form of mix between utilitarianism and deontological ethics would give the best framework for self-driving cars to succeed. Further issues of self-driving cars, such as its ability to collect data and information about the cars themselves and the journeys will probably turn into a large issue. Effectively, the car will become another mobile device, just like a tablet or phone, able to gather information about an individual. This information could include tracking of the routes taken, voice recordings, video recordings, preferences in media that is consumed in the car, and behavioural patterns. This, I doubt, will stop anybody buying the cars, but it is a major issue that needs to be addressed and may become a marketing tool in future. Google would have no issue with collecting all this data, but if Volkswagen or Ford say they would not take or use any private information as they are a car company, not a data gathering one, would this result in people buying a Ford over a Google car? Perhaps the Google car would be cheaper as it could collect data but I guess we'll have to find out. Full-scale adoption of self-driving cars on the mass market could also result in mass unemployment. Of up to 5 million jobs in the US, about 3% of the workforce in some way involved in driving. Jobs include drivers of taxis, buses, vans, trucks and e-hailing vehicles. Furthermore, jobs related such as car repair and car insurance, with a 90% reduction in traffic accidents could also be affected. Not all of these would lose their jobs, but it's difficult to imagine these industries not being drastically affected. But what are the potential benefits, even with all these job losses? 
Will the positives outweigh the negatives? Well, a McKinsey report predicts a society of self-driving cars could see a reduction in crash rates of up to 90%. For the individual, this means less money spent on car repairs, maintenance and insurance related to automotive accidents. The benefits of a self-driving car may lead a move away from a one-person, one-car mentality, especially in the suburbs. It may lead to a proliferation of ride-hailing apps, as if they aren't everywhere anyway. Simply open whatever app you like, and if it's a short journey, this might be an Uber or Lyft, and hop in and off you go. If you're travelling between cities, you may want a specific type of car to take you in luxury. Open up your Mercedes or BMW app and find the nearest saloon car to take you down the motorway. If you're going on a date and want to be driven in style, you might open up the Aston Martin app to be driven to the restaurant. If you're out with friends and want to look cool, open up the Ferrari or Lamborghini app. Uber in places is already faster than an ambulance in cities like London and robot cars can probably get there even quicker. When you get to your destination, there's no need to find parking, the car simply drives away. Without needing to own our own vehicles, we'd save on petrol, maintenance, parking costs and insurance. But when we get to the episode on the automobile, what we find is that the car is less interesting technology and more about personal style. The car is all about personal freedom. Take away people's ownership of the car, and for some people, it might quite impact their individualism. To get even more science fiction about the future of the self-driving car, imagine a scenario in which every single car was hooked into a singular network connected to the internet. These cars would talk to each other wirelessly as they travelled, as nodes in a system. This kind of hive mind would be a huge step towards more efficient driving. It would almost be like a train network. People going off to the same places could be pulled, buses could be sent along popular routes, and smart cars for one-off trips. Electric cars could be used more easily, since they could charge themselves without needing to inconvenience a person. All of this amounts to huge savings. Using autonomous vehicles could wind up costing only a few pence per mile. Tomorrow's transportation is not just about self-driving cars. The future will see networks of cars working together to keep passengers safe and to deliver them to their destinations efficiently. A practical example of this high-demand network would be the case of inner-city parking. In places like London, it's almost impossible to find parking because we all want to park as close to our destinations as possible. With autonomous cars, that's no longer necessary. The car can immediately go help someone else when you're done with it. No more waiting around and using space. How many hours of your life have been wasted in search of a place to park? Now you can arrive at your destination, step out and get on with your day. The car can do the same. Even things like fuel efficiency will be increased. Did you know your vehicle's fuel economy rating is only based on optimal conditions? 
If you aren't driving like a perfect robot, you aren't getting anywhere near the fuel economy you think you are. For example, the most fuel-efficient way to drive is the pulse and glide method, which involves a rhythmic alternating between acceleration and coasting. Petrol-powered autonomous cars can be programmed with this optimal driving behaviour, which would save on petrol. Though one has to imagine by this point, most cars will be electric or hydrogen. More consequential will be optimal driving leading to minimal congestion. Many traffic jams occur simply due to human inefficiency. A study by INRIX found that the average European and American driver wastes about 111 hours in traffic every year. What would you do with an extra 111 hours in your year? Perhaps the biggest benefit of self-driving cars is that they don't suffer from human flaws. Machines have no need to sleep which means around-the-clock operation of vehicles, but it also means that they aren't burdened by drowsiness or drunkenness. Another cost that passes down to the consumer is insurance premiums. Insurance rates are based on risk. Since we've already established that driverless cars are significantly safer than the average human driver, insurance costs will plummet. Depending on how the future develops, as long as you maintain your car the costs of insurance could fall entirely on the manufacturer. It will be at fault for any crashes. The truth is that the advent of the driverless car will surely displace more jobs than it will create. But the long-term gains that we'll see from society will far outweigh short-term growing pains and inconveniences. The economic, environmental and human benefits are astounding. I truly believe that this is one of the few situations where the loss of jobs is a valid sacrifice for society. Policymakers will have to take a look at how infrastructure is to be built around self-driving cars and how money can be allocated and allotted to build cities for autonomous vehicles. Even the need for traffic signals could be potentially reduced with the adoption of smart highways. Smart highways are a catch-all term to denote a future interaction between the cars of the future and the roads of the future. There is no definitive term of what they will be, though there are some clear research ideas. These include photovoltaic pavements, where the roads are huge solar panels, in addition to automated wireless charging for cars. So, as you drive down the street, these solar panels have light beaming down on them, and that can charge batteries which could wirelessly charge the car. So there is 100% clean energy produced and used by the cars. Think how much almost free energy for your car would do. Other ideas include intelligent roads that can communicate with other roads and cars in order to smooth out rides and manage traffic better. The final element is frost and snow protection. Not very useful in Texas, but in Britain, with its annual shutdown due to snow and places like New York and the Nordic countries, it could be a huge help saving money on gritters and lost output. Due to smart highways and with the assistance of smart technological advances implemented by policy change, 
the dependence on oil imports would also be reduced because of less time spent on the road by individual cars, which could have an effect on policy regarding energy. And, as the law of unintended consequences shows, it will have huge geopolitical impact if the oil-producing Gulf states start to lose their cash cows. Other disruptive effects will come from the use of autonomous vehicles to carry goods. Self-driving vans have the potential to make home deliveries significantly cheaper, transforming retail commerce and possibly making supermarkets redundant. All this is in the future, however, and the consequences and interplay are impossible to speculate on. But while a cursory look would say it simply means an easier ride home after a few drinks, the impact will be far more than that. The introduction of self-driving cars will be as important as the introduction of the automobile was 100 years ago. Whole cities may change shape, but it is impossible to predict the precise impact, but it will be huge. And so, for all the potential in this invention and the possibilities it will lead to, self-driving cars are number 94 on my list of the greatest inventions of all time.